Hello, this is Brian Scuttle with Sonic Cinema. I'm pleased to be joined in this interview by Bao Tran. He is the writer and director of the film The Paper Tigers, playing at Fantasia Fest. And I hope you enjoy the discussion we have. So what, Great. what, what was the inspiration for The Paper Thief, or Paper Tigers, sorry? Uh, the inspiration, I think... I mean, partly I was really interested in men in middle-aged and dealing with things because I was starting to become one. <laughs> um, I think I was really interested in, I think, particularly the theme of these values that we had when we were growing up and then whether they still hold true as they get, uh, as we get older or grow up and grow out of things. Mm -hmm. um, so I was starting to feel, you know, kind of the same way about film, to be honest. So I was, you know, it's something that I really fell in love with earlier on, but then you kind of see the seedier side and kind of like more kind of the shadows of all the industry and all that stuff. So I was feeling a little burnt out. Um, so I kind of tried to use that and turn that into some type of inspiration and see uh, what could come out of this story, especially in this martial arts type of uh, genre and see, um, you know, what that theme would really mean. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed this movie. It's one of the most fun movies that I've seen at the fest and just in general. Like one of the things I say in my review is that I I feel like this is the type of entertainment that we've kind of been deprived of because of theaters closing. And it's <laughs> it's it's just something that's very light and entertaining and that it's a very welcome change of pace, uh, considering a lot of the other stuff playing at Fantasia Fest. So I, I did really enjoy it as just a nice entertainment. But as you said, it also has this uh, more thematic material in terms of um, getting older and sort of one of the things that I really like about it is the fact that it's about trying to sort of rediscover you know, these ideals and these values that, and just the person you were when you were younger, especially during a time where you're not quite sure if you're on the right path or if it feels like you're not quite on the right path. Yep. 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 Were there any particular... Exactly. Um, mm -hmm. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying uh, I appreciate... Um, those kind of words. Thank you. Okay. Uh, what were were there any uh, particular films that uh, inspired you in making this movie? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of films, we were looking at. I think, I think quite a few things. Uh, I think it wasn't necessarily something thematic. Necessarily, I mean, there was you know obviously the big chill was something that we had kind of watched very early on. Just kind of think about kind of the same type of themes. Um, but obviously it's a little far removed from what we were doing. Um, I think there was a couple things that we just used as references. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we always thought like we want to do something fun and entertaining like Shaun of the Dead, um, and kind of do for Kung Fu movies, what Shaun of the Dead did for zombie movies, for example, and still have characters that were grounded and believable and, and going through things, as you said. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something that, that we, you know, kind of want to be spiritual, kins with as well um yeah in terms of the martial arts i think it's something that we all knew very well 
and well-versed in seeing all these martial arts movies. But I think we were definitely interested in looking elsewhere also and just seeing how other films were done in, in other genres and stuff like that. So, I, I have to say my, my personal, I think my single favorite scene in this entire movie is the one where the uh, tigers uh, go back to uh, Carter's um, dojo and confront him after mm -hmm. the fight with the uh, the kids. And I mm -hmm. Matthew Page's performance in that is it it I, I liken it to Ben Stiller's performance in Dodgeball. It it feels very much like a oh. Ben Stiller <laughs> yeah. type performance. Uh what mm -hmm. When when you were directing him in in that scene and just throughout the entire movie, was there was there an effort to was were you consciously wanting him to go a bit broader comedically with it to sort of be in contrast with the uh, tigers or was it just something that came out of his performance? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, if you may or may not know, Matthew has this um, this web series called Into the Dojo, where he does kind of play this um, Cobra Kai spoof of a of a macho uh, Ameridotes, you know, the thing of the uh, what's what fist foot way, kind of like this this very macho uh, dojo karate owner. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a total spoof on that type of thing. So we always knew that, you know, definitely number one, he had comic instincts and very, very, um, humorous, um, um, abilities, comedy abilities. So that's something that we knew was for sure something we wanted to do, but also something that we wanted to kind of ground it again, like going back to what we were wanting to do, you know, definitely be funny, but it's funny because, I mean, hopefully it comes across, but what we're trying to show is like that he has this like burning desire for revenge, yeah. uh, for these tigers <laughs> for so many years. And finally this, like his skills are finally at a point where he feel like he can do something about it. And they've obviously, you know, gone to pot. So it's, it's just this right moment for him to finally to take it. So, and if he went like really relished it, then that's okay for me because as long as it felt like it was truthful and as long as it was something that was like coming from that place of this character, uh, wanting to um, prove himself so badly. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a perfect storm, like you were saying, just both, you know, Matt's instinctual comic abilities, uh, but also that what was happening with, with the Tigers, like with Ron, I think, who plays Hang, I think was a great sparring partner for him because Ron's a little fiery on, on the Tiger side, and then Carter's got that going. So it was just really fun to watch and, and just let them go. So there were definitely a lot of improv moments mm -hmm. uh, for the actors, and definitely let them go, but it was also kind of give them kind of the framework of like what we're trying to do and just like come from this perspective and not necessarily go for the joke, but, you know, go for something that, you know, feels right. But because it feels right, it's going to be funny. That's the hope. Yeah. So, yeah. No, and it does, it definitely does feel right for the character because like you said, he is, he, he is ultimately out for revenge and to prove himself compared to these three. And, uh, that that sort of brings me to the opening credits when uh, when we see them growing up, when we see them starting to learn from uh, from their uh, sifu, and uh, there's mm -hmm. is that is that just a uh, VHS like effect that you put on the 
film in post production, or how did how did that work in creating those the that opening titles montage? Yeah, it was definitely a conversation uh, with my DP Sean Mayor, who you know figuring out what we want to do. I think we were from the start we knew we wanted to just do it and go for it and shoot it on uh, an analog camcorder. Mm. So, cause it was definitely reminiscent from our memories in terms of growing up, number one, making films, you know, with our parents camcorders and, and running around in the backyard, just trying to make these little, you know, backyard videos, but also just be able to have something, a look that you can't, you know, really replicate anymore with yeah. these, um, modern, modern doodads, you know, like mm-hmm. there's just something real when you kind of record, on that camera. So it was, it was funny because there were days when we didn't need the main camera and we had strictly the, uh, the little camcorder in Sean's hand. And that was the day, like we would have a press day and they'd come visit set and they'd see us just running around with this small little camcorder. And they're like, what, what have I, what have they come, you know, what are they, uh, what are they covering here? So it was, it was pretty funny to kind of, really embrace it. And then just like, you know, like, like you were saying, just kind of like, um, go for that look and go for the honesty. Cause I think it also creates a looseness and we're not mm-hmm. having to redo and retake so much. And the mechanics of everything is, is much faster because it's just like punch and go, you know? Yeah. And I, and I will say, I do like the, uh, touch of having the opening credits played during that sequence in that font, in that classic, camcorder right. font as well. It's like yep. you almost it's yeah. almost a blink and you miss it with with those uh credits because they're so well um they don't stand out from don't necessarily stand out from the you know the the rest of the traditional camcorder what would what's the date and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're sticklers, definitely sticklers on that because, you know, I think I'm sure young, uh, younger folks probably wouldn't know the (laughs) difference of what it was, but yeah, we definitely wanted to get the look right. Cause you know, like if anyone remembered, we'll be very particular about it looking right or not. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, were, what were some of the uh, challenges that you had in, uh, making this movie? Oh gosh. I mean, there was, you know, I think for indie films in the U.S., I think the hardest thing, obviously, is is raising the money. Um, I think we always knew what type of movie we were going to make and knew what you know we were trying to set out to do. So I think once it came to a point where we had kind of a creative green light to go and make it happen, yes, there are budget challenges because always, and there's time challenges because there's always part of that. But we kind of knew that was our groove, you know, when we knew how to you know, achieve the things that we wanted to do. But I think the the stuff beforehand, the raising the funds, that was definitely a crash course, mm-hmm. I think, for all of us in figuring out, like, the finances, the whole packaging, and just the whole um, legal investment structures and all that stuff, and then pitching, and then pitching, you know, essentially, well, we did kind of pitch around Hollywood and pitch some studios, but essentially it came down to pitching the community mm-hmm. and just anyone that was able to kind of give it, lend us an ear. Um, so yeah, it was definitely kind of like a lot of tap dancing <laughs> around that. Um, and also we did a Kickstarter, which, you know, I think, um, it's probably one of the most stressful 32 days that we had to do because it was just so, um, it's just nonstop campaigning. Um, and then like Kickstarter, you may or may not know it's either you raise all that or you don't. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of an all or nothing proposition. Um, so it's one of those things that we, we just kind of like really pushed out and wanted to do um 
and uh, and learn. And so that I would say that was definitely the hardest, most taxing because it was the most the longest period of time that it took. But once we got to the point where we could come on set, it was hard, it was challenging, it was tough. But to me, that was that's the whole reason you go through all that struggle and sacrifice so you can get so you that you can get on set and create. So. Were there any particular? Well, you you mentioned uh, Shaun of the Dead earlier. Were there any particular uh, filmmakers that you thought about as far as uh, when it came to directing the movie, as far as inspiring you when it came to directing the movie? Um, I mean, uh, there's always the influences that you had growing up, and then instilling. So, I mean, Hitchcock and Billy Wilder and. Uh, all the Hong Kong cinema, Jackie Chan, Sammo Hong, and Bruce Lee. I mean, those are you know huge influences for me, as far as like how how to go about telling the story and making uh, movies. Um, I think recently, definitely, you know, Edgar Wright uh, for sure, uh, Taika Waititi. Um, in terms of that time of, I don't know if you saw Jojo Rabbit, but mm-hmm. I this I saw it after we shot it, but it was definitely it felt like we were on the right path because he was doing it if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I saw like a really great balance of just this drama and pathos and humor. Um, and he just really just thread that needle so beautifully. Um, so it was just some, definitely something that we saw and just kind of like, saw like, okay, that's great. Um, you know, it can be done <laughs> as far as, especially, you know, with a Hitler, <laughs> yeah, a Hitler <laughs> coming of age story. So that's incredibly bold and daring. So we weren't trying to do that necessarily, but at least you knew he was, he stuck the landing. So, um, that was definitely encouraging for us. So, it, it, you know, you take it all in. I think it's important that, you know, anything we see, we just kind of like be good thieves about it and see what we can steal, what can we take, what can we be inspired by, and then keep 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 on feeding that into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If there were, if you had the opportunity to program this with a double feature of any movie of your choice, do you have a particular one that, mm-hmm. in mind? Uh, wow, I haven't heard that. It's a very interesting question. And doubleheaders, uh, definitely nostalgic. I have a very soft spot for doubleheaders, so I don't know what the kids these days even know what that means. Maybe it just means the next <laughs> next thing on the binge list. Uh, but doubleheaders, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's very, it's kind of programmed very thoughtfully. Um, it's one of those things, I'm talking aloud now, so this is funny. It's one of those things where it has to be thematically the same, but also different. And mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if you book it, if it goes first and then the other movie follows or, you know, vice versa. So it's always something. I, hmm. I mean, Shaun of the Dead, you know, it could be a change of palette. Yeah. You know, you watch Shaun of the Dead and then you change the palette, but it's still in the same uh, realm, you know. Uh, I think I think that would be a great doubleheader for us. Okay. All right. I would also say, you know, if you wanted to go more with, an action bent you could also probably do hot fuzz. I I think that would oh, be yeah. that would be yeah. an entertaining one as well. But yeah, it's Trump and especially especially um considering the considering the tone and sort of the type of movie that you're making, yeah, Sean the Dead makes a lot of sense with that. Um what are the All uh, in all, hopefully it's a good evening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what are the what are the plans for the movie after uh, Fantasia Fest? 
Well, hopefully we do have a few uh, festival uh, opportunities that are coming up, and the announcements for that will be coming out shortly. Um, as you know, I think Fantasia is indicating, I think a lot of fests are going virtual mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of this year. Um, so we do have kind of like some opportunities around that. There are some international uh, uh, festivals that are outside of North America that uh, might have the possibility of being physical still. So those are definitely something we'd lo- love, look forward to announcing when it comes to the right time. But yeah, hopefully we can have, try to make the best of it and get a really good film festival run because it's also a way to kind of like reach out and find audiences that we wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. uh, have normally and, 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 and reach out from there. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I do, I do think this will land pretty well with uh, the, with everybody who sees it this weekend at a uh, Fantasia Fest. And I, I really, I, I do hope, you uh, are able to see it with an audience sometime in the near future, be sometime in the future because of the fact that I, I think it would be really entertaining uh, audience movie to watch. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of our dream and hopes as well. And then, you know, I think there's still a lot of possibilities, hopefully in the future, you know, if we're talking, you know, who knows half capacity theaters or reduced capacity or, or drive-ins and stuff like that. We definitely do, uh, want this movie to be seen with a crowd because obviously that's yeah. always fun. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength as you. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining me today, and I'm glad we were able to set this up. Of course, thank you, Brent. Yeah, and thank you for uh, reaching out and uh, putting this movie on my radar. I really did enjoy it. It was, uh, it was, like I said, it's, it's very much a. Uh, it's it's a very welcome change of pace from a lot of the darker movies that Fantasia's program. So I I just really I really enjoyed watching it. It was it was just a wonderful uh, little change of pace. Change of pace. Great, thank you. I'm glad you like it, and hopefully uh, everyone else can tune in in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at our premiere and encore. So yeah, we'd love mm-hmm. and Fantasia. All the credit to Fantasia. I I have to say what they've been able to put together in, in such a short amount of time, especially pivoting to virtual. It's, um, yeah. you know, incredible what they've done. So um, we're just happy to world premiere at Fantasia and uh, hope uh, hope for the best as we continue on. Are you doing a Q&A afterwards? I will be doing a Q&A on our Sunday, August 30th uh, premiere, along with the, the main cast, so the Tigers okay. and Matthew Page, along with our action director, uh, Ken Kitagawa. Okay, excellent. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's good to uh, talk to you, and I I hope that premiere goes well. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>